I just felt the Lord say to me this past week, just tell my people, you, just in case you forgot that, that I love them. And the songs that we sang this morning, all about His love, all about His faithfulness towards us. So I'm going to just do something that I don't normally do. Uh, just give you a whole lot of verses, and I'm going to share with you this morning um, about God's love. I've entitled the sermon, The Overflowing Cup. And the first passage that I want to go to is in John chapter 6, verse 5 to 13. And we're going to look at this. Thousands of people. You remember, it's 5,000 men. So, if they're 5,000 men, they're probably equivalent of about 5,000 women, and they're probably several thousand children. So, it could be anything between 10 and 15,000 people that had gathered there. And then Jesus lift up, lifted up his eyes and saw a great multitude coming toward him. And he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? This is a kind of a trick question. He just wanted to see the response he's about to perform uh, one of the great, great miracles in the Bible. But he said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. Now look, just see that. Okay, this denarii is their currency uh, back then, that each one may have a little. You see, this is a minimum mentality. It's a minimum uh, kind of expectation uh, that, they, that they all just have a little. But then we see in the next verse, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon, Peter, brother, said to him, I think my pages are going, Brian, my, my pages are going to go flying now. So, but thanks. So... <laughs> I love you, Brian. <laughs> that there is a lad who has five barleys and two small fish. But what are they among so many? Ha ha. So here comes Jesus with one of these incredible miracles. And then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in that place. So the men sat down and the number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. Uh, isn't that an incredible thing? From they'll just have a little to this huge display, they ate as much as they wanted. And there is that transition. When Jesus comes in, there is just this bountiful, wonderful display that takes place, as much as they wanted. And then we see it going on, and so they were filled. Okay, is, you know, you go to restaurants, and the fancy restaurants, they, they serve you a leaf and a shrimp on top of it, and you're supposed to really appreciate I don't like that kind of food, you know. I like a full-on buffet where it just, you can just pile it on, 
and you can eat as much as you like. And that's what they did. They were filled. They were filled. They had abundance and extravagance there. But then in verse 17, and they were filled and they gathered the fragments of all the stuff. Not only were they filled, but they had leftovers as well. Twelve basketfuls of leftovers. And we just see the incredible favor of God in this situation. So Psalm 23 and verse 5 says this. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. There is the anointing and my cup runs over. You anoint my head. I, I, I want us this morning to just get to that level of understanding God's incredible love and that his blessing always is an overflowing blessing for us. Just an overflowing blessing. He wants to bless us. His grace is lavish. And so often we have this stumbling block, you know, I'm just going through a dry patch. I'm not really experiencing God's favor and God's blessing in my life. And we need to get past that. We need to understand that His intention, His love is always there for us. His love is overwhelming. He is overwhelming in His goodness. He is overwhelming in His kindness towards us. And despite the conditions of your life, His intention will always be to overflow love upon you. And where there is an overflowing of His favor and His blessing, we can't respond being grudgingly, respond grudgingly to God, you know, thinking that He's stingy, but He's a loving God and He wants to bless us. In Psalm 23, you know the psalm. I'm not going to read the whole psalm talks about green pastures, still waters, a prepared table, a cup that overflows, goodness and mercy that follows, abundant life. There's always plenty in God's pasture. So I want you to know this morning, I want you to realize, and we'll pray, that God will overflow His goodness on, him, on you. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, and I'm just going to read some verses to you right now. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Every spiritual blessing is available to you. Romans chapter 8 and verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall, we, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Freely give us all things. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches, his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. For every good work. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4. But God, 
who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. His great love. He's rich in mercy. He delights in mercy. Even when you've messed up. You know, mercy is grace. Is, is, is getting something that you don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. And what do we do? What do we deserve? Yes. And mercy is, I'm not going to give you that. I'm going to spare you that. And that's what mercy is. Even when you've messed up, God's mercy is there. And our cup is overflowing. And he splashes not only us, but he splashes onto our children and onto our children's children. You know, one of the questions that I have uh, received over the years often is, can God really forgive me for this? When you've really messed up, can God forgive me for this? And I mean, I get that question, yes, he can. Because he's rich in mercy. He's rich in mercy. And if you're struggling with that, just realize, just move towards God and he will tilt a little bit of his bountiful overflowing floodgates onto you and it'll splash onto your cup and into your cup and you can splash onto others as well. He's not a God who hates. He's not a God who sees us falling flat, loves to see us falling flat on our faces. He is an incredibly giving and a wonderful God. In the Old Testament, we see God's mercy coming through. But in Jesus, we see so much more of that mercy coming through. A woman caught in adultery. Mm. Comes mercy. Bring me that woman. That prostitute Mary Magdalene. Who's got seven demons and I'll cast them out and I'll just shower her with mercy as well. Bring your addiction to the Lord. Bring your shame. Bring your abortion, bring your divorce, bring your pain, because he is rich in mercy. He'll cleanse you, he'll forgive you, he'll heal you, he'll renew you, and he'll refresh you. He's rich in mercy. No matter what you've done, cannot outweigh his mercy and his forgiveness towards you. Let's look at Psalm 68 and verse 19. Love this. Captivated with this this last week. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. Man, isn't that the most incredible phrase? Who daily, not weekly, not fortnightly, not monthly, not yearly, but who daily loads. This is like a dump truck. I mean, that's, God just wants to open up his floodgates and dump stuff on you, his blessings, who daily loads us with benefits. Love it. And that's not the past tense. Loads is the present tense. It's going to keep on happening. And all these benefits. How about Psalm 86 and verse 5? For you, Lord, are good. Didn't we sing about that this morning? For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. The NIV says abounding in love to all who call upon you. He's not a cruel God. He's not an unjust God. He's not an unfaithful God. I want to say to you this morning, he's a good God. 
and he wants to open up the floodgates of his love on you so that your cup can overflow. To the point where the parable of the prodigal son, this is a gospel within the gospels. He is a good father who longs to see his child blessed. You know the story of the prodigal father, the prodigal son. I think the central person in that central figure of that story is the father, it's not the son. The father was there when the son went off with the inheritance and squandered his inheritance on riotous living. The father every single day was watching and waiting. And then one day the son sitting in the pig pen said, um, I can't handle this anymore. He came to his senses. He says, I will return to the father. I will ask him to be one of his hired servants. Uh, you know, and, and so he returns home. And the father who keeps on watching day after day sees a figure coming in the distance. And as the figure comes from a distance, he sees that it's his son. And his heart just leaps for joy. He runs down. He embraces his son. He kisses him. And he draws him back. He, he, the son starts to say uh, something about being a hired servant. But the father doesn't hear any of that. Bring a robe for his shoulders. Bring a ring for his finger. And bring feet for his shoes. He's no longer a slave. And accepts him back. You see, the Father's love knows no limits. His forgiveness knows no boundaries. His joy knows no restraint. This is the incredible, awesome God who is our Father. He is this powerful creator of all the universe. And yet He loves us and approaches us as a Father. And that's the incredible thing about God. When we say, I don't want to be a part of this anymore, he loves us. When we turn our back on him, he loves us. When we broke his law, he loved us. When we went away in our own sin, he loved us. When we ran, he followed. When we hid, he found. When we cursed him to his face, he smiled and said, I love you anyway. I love you anyway. He calms our fears. He cheers all over us. He provides for us what we really need. He lets us go our own way and then welcomes us back. We're not worthy of that love. But he loves us anyway. You know, God, I, I, I love my children. I love my two girls more than I love my house. God loves you more than he loves this universe. I want you to know that he loves you. Malachi, or Zechariah chapter 2 and verse 8, it says you are the apple of God's eye. It's not, it's not a, a juicy apple that we eat. It's, the apple is that pupil, that, that little pupil which is the most sensitive and most, uh, uh, yeah, it's the most sensitive thing in your body. And he cares for you. So if any harm comes upon you, God is involved and cares for you. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 17 talks about you as being his jewels. Isaiah 56 and verse 5, he says, I've given you an everlasting name. Psalm 56 and verse 8, he says he keeps his tears in his bottle when he cries over you. That's how much God loves us. 
He even regards us as the majestic ones in Psalm 16 and verse 13. The majestic ones. You've heard me tell the story of uh, at the beginning of the year, Sunday school class, children's church started, and all the kids gathered together, and the teacher was sitting in their class, in his class, and two boys came in, and they said, no, we're brothers. And so they said, well, please write your names down and write your birthdays next to your names. So the two boys wrote, and one was born in May, and the other one was born in August of the same year. And the teacher said, how, how can that be? How, how, how did that work out? And so the boys looked at the teacher and said, no, one of us is adopted. And before the teacher could contain himself, he said, which one is adopted? And they both looked at each other and they said, we don't know. We've asked our dad, but he says he loves us just the same. You know, there's a verse in the Bible. It comes from John chapter 17 and verse 23, that the world would know that you sent me and will understand that you love them as much as you love me. Jesus is praying and he's saying, Father, that the world will know that you love them as much as you love. The Father loves you and me. Can you believe it? This is, this is the most incredible thing in the gospel. The Father loves you and me as much as he loves Jesus. Wow! Those are the words of Jesus. Don't forget that. John 17 and verse 23. This incredible, incredible love. I hope that you never stop realizing the incredible faithfulness and love that God has for each one of us. Never stop. Just in finishing off, Isaiah 51 and verse 22. See, I have taken out of your hand the cup of trembling. This morning... I really believe that God is going to take out of your hand the cup of trembling. This is almost like a prophetic word to us. Any kind of trembling that you've got, any kind of realization of, of trouble, of chaos, of uh, storms, of fear, of intimidation, of any kind of, intimid uh, of, of addiction, of shame, of guilt, if there's any cup of trembling in your hand, the Lord wants to take that out and restore it with a cup that overflows with His goodness and His faithfulness. Amen? The psalm ends, Psalm 23. My cup overflows. My cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me. <laughs> Surely, this is a sure thing. Not a maybe, there's no doubt. Surely, surely his goodness and his mercy shall follow us all the days. May that be the situation. As we move forward as a church that's growing, may we realize with any, without any doubt that God wants to Cause your cup to run over. May it run over into the community. May it run over into families. May people be blessed by the presence, our presence here in Somerset West. May our cup runneth over.